Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the world's number one entertainment. I've lost the fucking, I've lost the rigmarole. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded in this room. The room in question this week is we're in London. It is true. Um, so yeah, you've been having LA podcasts for a while. The London team is back yep. to take over. Does it feel different? And there's just two of us. Uh, I'm your host, Excuse Al me, White. We have a shark on the table. Well, yeah. <laughs> Technically, there's three. This, this, this is going to be a hot mess. We're already yep. off to a hot mess beginning. <laughs> it's one thirty in the morning. We just got out of a three-hour fucking movie. Well, nearly three hours movie. Yeah. Uh, the dulcet tones across the table from me are, of course, Alison Holland. How you Hi. Doing? How you doing? I'm well. How are you? So people will know you from a couple of episodes, um, but they can get to know you a lot better if they're su- subscribed to our channel. They can listen to the Danny Boyle retrospective podcast that you we sure just. Can doing right now and we've done all those movies with you yep. and Haruka Abe yes we're right near the end of that one we just yep. got um transporting two left and the uh, overview yeah and the overview uh, but that's not what people are here for they're here for our regular show where we're going to be talking about movies so we're going to talk about some games it's going to be a bit of a shorter show this week because we're really tired <laughs> to be honest <laughs> um and we've been doing so many podcasts every day oh and we've got more tomorrow as well I'm starting to feel weird when I don't have a microphone in front of my face. Yeah, you just shouldn't talk. <laughs> just be I'm just silent. silent anywhere. And then once there's a microphone, then I'll speak. I'll carry one out when we it's go through the opposite. bars and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. So what are we talking about? You'd think we'd be talking about the Oscars. We're not going to. Nope. That's the big news this week. It's on the no-no list. Um, if you want to learn about the Oscars, then we do have a special cast up, Special Cast 13, which is called Hollywood and Wine. Uh, spelled W-H-I-N-E, <laughs> which is hosted by our dear old friend in LA, Adrian Ald, who's been hosting a few of these regular podcast episodes. Epicodes. 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 This is going to go really well. Welcome. <laughs> Settle in. <laughs> Pour yourself a glass a of snack. whiskey. <laughs> um, yeah, so that Hollywood and Wine is apparently going to be a new podcast, I believe, that we are hopefully going to be hosting underneath our umbrella, but it won't be geeks. So if you subscribe to us, you won't get Hollywood and Wine, um, but if you click on the We Are Tesla thing underneath our podcast, you'll get all of our company's podcasts. And we're going to try and sort of, because we're doing a lot right now. We've got a horror series, which is yep. twice a week. We've got a Danny Ball one, which is then going to run into a Twin Peaks um, podcast, which is more to do with directors. Yep. Then we've got this regular one every Tuesday, and then we're going to have the Hollywood and Wine one, which is Adrian's podcast that he's running, talking about the industry and living in LA, um, which I'm fascinated with, actually. I think that's going to be a good one. Yeah, it will be be nice to have something a bit more studious than the <laughs> hot trash that I, I, I tend to run studious things in la um yeah so i mean if you have any opinions about if we, if we if you subscribe to us and you're getting too many turning up then Just do give us, us an email up. yep go over to wearetestolate.com and send us an email please uh, to let us know i might cut down the horror episodes and think into one a week maybe hmm. um then it'll give me a bit more time to record the next lot because we're going to be doing <laughs> halloween and my problem is I'm going to be running that one. And in UK, I don't really have the horror aficionados here. Mm. Tom's the one I'd like to rope in on it, but I doubt he has the time. I might pitch him on it. You can just drag him here one. for 12 hours. Yeah, well, it's for more than 12 hours for Halloween. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> there are 12 Halloween films. So it's like 24 solid yeah. hours. 
without podcasts, with podcasts, you know, it all adds up. long days. <laughs> oh, man. How, how come that we're just, how come there's only two of us, but it seems more like it, like, <laughs> we're just all over each other straight away. Just talking all over. Because we're delirious. Oh, okay. So what are we going to talk about? Movies. Um, so normally at the beginning of a podcast, we're going to chat about what we've been up to, I guess. What have we been up to? Ali, you've been in London for the last sort of month and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been your first time in first the time. UK. Yes. Um, and you're about to leave in a couple of days' time. Yes. How's I it am. been? How's your trip been? How's London? For people thinking of visiting, do it. Excellent review. Yep. <laughs> you should write a book. <laughs> the end. I am a writer. Um, yeah, definitely. I. I mean, we've done a lot of movies, which is always fun. We've done lots of podcasts, which has <laughs> not helped been me as much actually fun. talk in my life. Um, yeah, London's great. I love rainy, cloudy weather, so it's been nice to see that. We've also had a few... Actually, my first like week and a half, there was no rain or clouds at all. It was very nice and bright and sunny, and you told me that London was lying to me. Yep, it was. So... But it made up for it the yeah. rest of my time here. <laughs> How was the cold wet? Now, I also could use, yeah, they always say to me, you like the cold and the rain. Yeah. And it then, hasn't been bad at all here. It was bad when we were in Paris. Yeah, that was It felt really cold. cold. But I th- it hasn't really been windy or anything, so it hasn't felt horrible. It's just the drizzle. It's just the constant gray clouds here. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I'm quite happy with it right now. Like, you, you looked all happy thinking about maybe the sunshine in LA. Katie just left. She was kind of not happy to leave, obviously, but happy to go back to the sunshine. Yeah. I'm actually all right right now. I do miss the sunshine, but I'm kind of fine. I get all sweaty and grumpy. <laughs> like, the cold kind of suits me more. This like. doesn't bother me. If it's windy and it's a pain to go outside because I don't like things being blown in my eyes and all of that stuff not fun <laughs> noted <laughs> <laughs> do not blow things in my face um i tell you what though, i'm kind of because i'm you know working at the moment we're editing um our first feature film starfish and i kind of prefer being in the rain like i prefer it being dark outside when yeah. i'm working because then i just feel like oh well you want to bundle inside and, and yeah. ordering some food and you know edit 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 and then watch a movie or something yeah or if it's all sunny then i feel all sort of i should be out running and looking adventuring and you know tripping over dogs Whatever it is they do in LA. Pretty <laughs> much over dogs. Eat kale. All Eat kale. Stuff. Yep. Um, right. Yeah, I've just been doing stuff with you, doing stuff with Katie, and uh, working on our movie, which, yeah, again, we will talk about soon. <laughs> now is not the time. <laughs> but we did just go and see a little movie called Logan. Um, so it's the 28th of February as we we're recording this. It's going to go up at the same day. Um, and it's not out yet. So on, let me just double check when it's out in America. I believe it's got the same release date as over here, which might actually be this weekend. Well, yeah, it might be this weekend. It might actually have some previews tomorrow. When it come out Friday? Um, one, two, three. Here we go. Third of March. Yep. So it doesn't come out for another three days in US. I'm sure there must be some previews on the second. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got to see it early, and we got to see it in an IMAX 2D. My first 2D IMAX screening. Yeah. We did, I did my first IMAX screening last week with Lego Batman. Yep. Um, but that was in 3D and it, yeah, I nearly threw up at the beginning. I kind of <laughs> forgot it was 3D until we started talking about it today. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we were wearing glasses for that whole movie. It just feels so natural to wear it those It just cool feels natural. And cool goggles. Um, but yeah, so at the end, at the tail end of this podcast, we are going to be talking about Logan. Um, now don't worry, there's not going to be any spoilers or rather in the first section there won't be. We're going to do a little 
brief overview of our feelings with zero spoilers and i mean zero so if you're one of those people like tom um <laughs> who fucking who's, as soon as he hears you're talking about a film he's interested in just will tune out in case you just accidentally do one tiny thing that ruins we're not going to we're going to be very broad very unspecific with stuff but then we will clearly announce we're going to move into spoiler territory and everyone can go home and not listen to the end of the podcast and uh, once you've seen the movie come back and check out that um we won't be going that in depth but just want to get some first impressions from us because it's definitely an important film um okay so let's just go straight into the news shall we which we we like to call nate's blowdown we have six pieces of news as i said none oscar orientated (laughs) because i just don't care i don't care i'm sorry everyone else in the world cares and everyone listening already knows all about it yeah everyone's fighting about it it's like i really i couldn't care less i really couldn't (laughs) i mean i'm happy with some things i want i think the only thing i will say about the oscars suicide squad now has a fucking oscar under its belt and that pisses me off (laughs) that pisses me off. yeah that's not there aren't enough articles on facebook about that everything i've seen has been about yep 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 anyway let's move on (laughs) some of these bits of news won't mean anything to you so i apologize (laughs) you just get to sit there and nod yep like this first piece of news microsoft just announced that a new on-demand service named xbox game pass is coming out it offers timed access to a library of xbox one and 360 titles for just 9.99 dollars or 7.99 pounds per month unlike sony's ps now streaming service xbox game pass will let you download the games directly to your xbox one which means you don't need to worry about streaming bandwidth or connectivity Games will include such as Halo 5, Payday 2, NBA 2K16, Soul Calibur 2, um, and over 100 other titles at launch. Every month, we'll see new games cycle in and out of the subscription, and if you're subscribed, you can decide to buy one of the games at a discounted price. 20% off an Xbox One game, 10% off all available DLC. The program goes into beta for selected members of Xbox Insider Program's Alpha Preview right now, and Xbox Live Gold members will receive access ahead of its general launch If you unsubscribe to the program, the games will unsurprisingly no longer be available to you, although your saves and achievements will remain attached to your account. And if you buy any games purchased, then they will remain until you manually remove them. Doesn't tell you if you then want to re-download them because space is a problem for for a lot of people on the hard drive. So if you buy Mm -hmm. it through this program, you have it, and then you manually remove it, can you re-download it it again? Or is it gone? That's a bit of a worry. Um, Basically, this is, yeah, the Netflix for Xbox. In terms of, hey, subscribe to this. You get a bunch of free games. We're not going to tell you what they are. And we'll keep rotating them month by month. Um, but it's going to be cool. over 100 all the time, at least. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, PS Now tried to do this. It didn't really take off for them. But they have a bit more of a confusing interface. I don't think they marketed it quite right. And the fact that you couldn't download it to your Xbox did mean connectivity and stuff was a bit of a problem. Because mm-hmm. you were just essentially streaming the games from remote servers. Being able to download them is much more comforting. Um Netflix now do that thing, don't they, where you can yeah, you can, you download, can download the so actual. You can watch it on planes and yeah, in cars and so it's essentially just that. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi, the well, Wi-Fi, 4G. Um, 4G, 4G never works for me. What the fuck is yeah. that about? No, seriously, I've owned multiple phones in multiple countries, and 4G never. As soon as I get 4G, it does nothing. But I 3G works like a charm. I must get it in LA. I think I get it in LA. I don't understand. And I'm not exaggerating. It literally won't load a page for me when I get 4G ever <laughs> in my life. But 3G always will. What? Maybe you drop your phone too many times. Maybe I think it's just allergic to me. I just like have a cancelling out aura to 4G or something. Um, this, uh, this actually sounds really cool. I like this. I like this idea. I like the idea more and more of... It's something that people are talking about. Switch is just around the corner. 
um yeah and people you know it's something that nintendo need to get on board with is just have act l- let people have access to your old library let people have yeah. all the nes games all the snes games if there was a netflix for nintendo it's like hey pay this per month and you get all of our old like classic games yeah that'd be awesome it'd be fucking great or you can cherry pick which consoles you want and build your own program sort of thing so you don't have to pay for the ones you're not interested in yeah um so i'm yeah i think microsoft are being smart with doing this and i i, I trust them to have found a way to format it well but we will see. I don't know exactly when it's going to come out for general consumers. Uh, number two, very sadly, Bill Paxton died uh, on February the 27th from complications during surgery. Uh, the actor was only 61 years old. He starred in classic films, and there's a lot here, but such as Aliens, Titanic, Apollo 13, Predator 2, Twister, The Terminator, Tombstone, True Lies, Weird Science, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, and his final film that's coming up to be released is called The Circle, which he stars alongside Emma Watson and Tom Hanks, and is from the director of The Spectacular Now. Um, he was a great actor. He died on the 27th? That's what I have written down here. Is that incorrect? I thought they had said something about it at the Oscars. Oh, did they? Sunday. Oh. I think Maybe it was in the in memoriam. Hang on, one I second. think it was Jennifer Aniston. I could have written that down wrong. Yeah, you're right. February 25th, he died. Sorry. Okay. I apologize. Um, February 25th. Um, he was one of those people where he wasn't, he, like, in, uh, with all due respect to him, he seemed like a lovely, lovely, lovely guy. He wasn't an incredible actor, but he was such an enjoyable actor. He yeah. just, like, played these big, meaty roles in so many films and, and so many films from my time, anyway, like so many 90s movies that are really important to me growing up. Um, yeah, and it's very, very sad. 61. It's incredibly young. It is young. Uh, in more positive news, Hayao Miyazaki, the legendary director and manager of Studio Ghibli in Japan, has announced that he is definitely coming out of retirement. This came after rumors that he had decided to prove that a great CGI animated movie could be made after his long disdain for the format. The project was originally conceived as a short film titled Kemushi no Boru. Don't text me, Tamara. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> It was perfect pronunciation. <laughs> but will now mean that the studio Ghibli will open its doors again to production on feature lengths. Uh, which I'm a little bit confused by that little bit of news because have it's I've read articles where it said Ghibli opening their doors again to make feature films and the first one's going to be from Miyazaki. Hmm. Um, but I haven't heard anything about any other films other than this one. So I don't know if it's literally just him coming out of retirement to make this movie and then they'll shut the doors again or if they or are, be open they have to other, other productions going. Don't know. Uh, Miyazaki previously directed My Neighbor Totoro, The Wind Rises, Ponyo, Kiki's Delivery Service, Porco Rosso, Howl's Moving Castle, my favorite, Princess Mononoke, and the Oscar-winning Spirited Away. Um, and if you don't know who he is, there's, there's not much I can do. Um, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> Alison, you recently watched your first Studio Ghibli film. Yes. Which was Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. You enjoy? I did. I want to watch Totoro next. Ooh. And I think Spirited Away. The Oscar, nom- the Oscar winner. Yeah. Then you should definitely check out Pocarossa. I think you'd like that Oh, one. right. That's the other Castle one that you were saying. Yeah, That's yeah. that you said you thought I'd like. It's very um, old-fashioned, romantic, and fun. Yeah. Um, plus, pigs. Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, that's amazing news. Like, I, I love Jaime Miyazaki desperately. I'm only slightly tempered with this. One, because I kind of don't like this thing when people do this, when they shut the doors on a huge... Like, it's hard to... If you don't know Studio Ghibli, it is like Disney. Like, it's it's to say Disney closed their doors not because they haven't flopped Studio Ghibli were doing great still they closed the doors because they didn't think their quality 
content was as high as it needed to be. Miyazaki was retiring. They didn't have someone who was going to take over and be as good a director as him, from their eyes anyway. So it's so Japanese and so wonderful that they'll close their doors, not because of money problems, but just because of dignity. We're basically. not happy. Yeah, letting anything out that we're not proud of. Exactly. So to open it again so soon, because it hasn't actually been that long, it's just been a few years, um, is a bit weird. Um, <laughs> but I'm also just, I'm fascinated because, yeah, I, I hate CGI animated movies. Not on, as a whole, there are plenty of great ones out there, but they date very quickly and they don't have the character that I like from 2D animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always loved that Studio Ghibli always does 2D animation. Um, so I'm fascinated since he's, hated that format of animation as much as i have um that he's now convinced he could do something interesting with it yeah that does pique my interest but i'm not sure if he can <laughs> <laughs> i've seen that because there's a big thing in anime right now where they love to do this style where it's actually 3d but it looks 2d they kind of have this cell drawn animation lines around it to make you think it's 2d but to my eye it's really obvious it's not you yeah. can just tell like there's no imperfections and people move in this slightly robotic way and mm-hmm. everything's too perfect. Um, see, I'm a little bit worried. Because his last movie was The Wind Rises and that wasn't my... I thought it was one of his least uh, good films, to be honest. Mm. So I don't really want him to come out of retirement and make another not great Miyazaki movie. What can you do? Now we have three bits of X-Men news, which <laughs> is the perfect way to round off the news because it is definitely X-Men themed week. Uh, X-Men series writer and producer Simon Kinberg is in talks to helm the next film in the franchise. Collider is reporting that he's already penned a script and is going to be making his directing debut with the movie. Rumored to star once again are Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy. Kinberg uh, became involved with the franchise during the controversial uh, X-Men 3, The Last Stand, and has either written or produced Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, Deadpool, Logan, and even the new Legion TV series. Uh, which, again, good reviews. I haven't checked it out yet. They're doing a whole bunch of X-Men TV stuff now. They've got Legion. Um, what else is it? There's something else. And then they're actually doing an X-Men TV show as well, which I believe Brian Singer the director of X-Men 1, 2, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse, and The Usual Suspects. Um, mm. That he's actually showrunning it, I think. Wow. Uh, the working title for the new movie is Teen, uh, Teen Spirit, which is a reference to the 90s Nirvana song, meaning the film will likely follow on from Apocalypse's... Apocalypse's... <laughs> that's a difficult word to say. <laughs> 80s setting, and be set in the 90s. Because uh, each one they've had, yeah, one in the 70s, didn't they? That was the, which, yeah, you were saying you'd seen Days of Future Past. That was in yeah. the 70s. Apocalypse was in the 80s. Is that the order they went in Days of Future? Yeah. And then this one being be in the 90s. Uh, the next movie is actually entitled uh, X-Men Supernova. And it's been rumored to focus on the Dark Phoenix storyline with Sophie Turner confirmed to be reprising her role as Jean Grey and stating that filming will be starting soon. Um which is interesting they know that much about it but they're not 100% who the director's going to be but producers writers turning to directing stuff always leaves me a little bit worried Um, but yeah we'll see I really didn't like Apocalypse the last X-Men movie not you did it. like it? No, I read it. Oh, you did not. I read it. I, I, I'm just, I'll be honest, I'm just happy a different director has taken over from Brian Singer. I feel mm. he did a great job with X-Men 1 and 2, and then he went away for many years, and when he came back, I felt he didn't have much to say mm. anymore. Um, a fifth piece of news, Hugh Jackman has just put out his final Wolverine performance in Logan, 
But he also announced that if he had been given the chance to play as an Avenger and cross over into the Marvel Studios universe, then that might not have been the case. Mm. Um, There's an interview with him yeah, saying he always wanted to be Avenger. He wanted to get into a proper fight with Hulk, which he does in the comics all the time. Uh. Um, and he was never given the chance. And it could have happened because Sony recently obviously did the deal with Spidey. So he was allowed to be in the Marvel Universe and they're yeah. kind of cross-sharing him now. Um, Fox... Uh, for people who don't know, Fox own all of the X-Men, so none of the X-Men are allowed in the Marvel Universe. Um, so even when you go and see Logan and you see Marvel come up, at the beginning of the film, it doesn't say Marvel Studios, so it's not connected to any of the Avengers. Um, but yeah, it's a shame, I guess, because we'll never get to see him teaming up with them all. Poor um, Hugh. Yeah. Dreams aren't coming true. Um, well, he got to make Logan. So Yeah. And then our final bit of news, uh, also X-Men related, Hugh Jackman hung up the claws after Logan, but now Patrick Stewart has also said that he's done with the X-Men franchise. After watching the movie with Jackman and director James Mangold in Berlin, he was moved to tears and then stated, the movie ended and we were going to be taken up on stage, but not until the credits were over. So we had some time to sit there. And as I sat there, I realized there will never be a better, a more perfect, a more sensitive, emotional and beautiful way of saying au revoir to Charles Xavier than this movie. So I told Hugh that same evening, I'm done too. It's all over. Um, so yeah, we've lost two of the original stalwarts from the entire franchise, which I think it started... When When was the first one? I thought I read someone say 17 years ago, but that sounds too long to me. The first one came out in yeah, 2000, so 17 mm. years ago. They've been playing those roles for a long wow. time. Nearly as long as you've been <laughs> alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct? Define nearly. You were six when the first one came out. That's correct, isn't it? 2000? Mm, seven. Well, depends when in 2000 it came out. That's no. true. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm at I'm December, so yeah. Uh, that good is, chance. That <laughs> there's a good chance you were six. <laughs> the last month of the year. <laughs> Unless it came out Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, that's all the news. If you're here for Switch news as well, Nintendo Switch, we should have said this at the beginning. Not going to get it, I'm afraid. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot of Nintendo Switch news. It's now uh, out in a few days' time, also on March the 3rd. Um, but we're going to be playing all the games pretty much. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to be playing Just Dance. That's, I'll, be, I'll say right now, <laughs> I'm not going to be playing Just Dance on the Nintendo Switch. But we're going to be putting a lot of time into Zelda. We're going to be putting some time into 1-2-Switch, into Bomberman R, checking out the virtual console, which is not... Actually, no, there's not a virtual console. We're checking out the eShop, um, checking out all the different controllers, um, and how much it's really going to cost you, because there's a lot of stuff that you need, from memory cards to separate charges for stuff. It gets confusing. There's a lot of different ways to play. Um, and I'm going to have Chris Straver. He's going to be guesting on next week's podcast uh, where we're going to get to run through it properly. So that will be, uh, comes out on the 3rd and our podcast will be up on the 7th. So it'll be a few days later, I'm afraid. But it'll, we'll, we'll really like get to the meat of it. Um, and I'm really fucking excited. It's a new console, which is always exciting. Mm. And it looks like the console Nintendo should have put out last time. And new Zelda, Ali. You're leaving just in time, I'll tell you what. Although it comes out like the day before you leave. You're going to have lots of time on your own. Do you think play. you're going to have a nice like last night before you leave London? Like, nope, you're gonna we're going to be playing Zelda. You're going to shove me out the door early. <laughs> no, I'm just going to make you sit and watch us play Zelda. Um, so yeah, come back next week for the Nintendo Switch conversation. All right, let's move into Chris Pratt. Give us some money. 
Only Alex can sing that. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. You know, you don't do the harmony? The releases. So, it looked to me like US and UK cinema releases are pretty similar this week, which is rare. Hmm. Um, We have, of course, on March the 1st, sorry, March the 3rd and March the 1st over here is Logan. Director James Mangold, who previously did Copland, Identity, Walk the Line, 310 to Yuma, Night and Day, Girl Interrupted, Kate and Leopold, and the last Wolverine film, The Wolverine. Real mixed bag of movies there. It's a real <laughs> mix. There's a lot. I was surprised when you said Girl Interrupted. Fucking Kate and Leopold. Do you remember that movie? No. That's with Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan. Oh. Do you remember this? It's really fucking funny. The synopsis. Let me just read out the synopsis for this oh um, from, uh, from IMDb because it, it makes me chuckle. This is from 2001. An English duke from 1876 is inadvertently dragged to modern-day New York, where he falls for a plucky advertising executive <laughs> played like by Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan movie. Look at this. Look at oh, it. my God. <laughs> this is the front cover. Wait, Two I th- do remember this. I remember this. <laughs> Apparently, it's smart, ampersand, sexy. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh, he's, he's just... A, I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about Logan at the end of this, but... Can you imagine doing a retrospective on <laughs> No, I'm fine. Just weird movies. Like, Copland was pretty really big. Really random. At its time. Girl Interrupted was kind of big. I didn't really like it. Kate and Leopold then. Identity's my favorite previous movie of his, and that's a John Cusack horror thriller in a sort of Hitchcock way. I like that film. Then he Walked the Line, which is the Johnny Cash connection, I guess, for all the trailers for, for uh, Logan. 310 to Yuma, which is a Western, which I guess kind of makes sense with Logan again. Yeah. Then he did Night and Day, which was that Cameron Diaz, Tom Cruise movie. Oh, boy. Do you remember that one? That was a bad film. Night and Day. They have another well, one called... What's it was all right. Vanilla Sky. Oh, yeah. Vanilla Sky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he did The Wolverine, which was not great. And that was one of the things I was worried about with Logan because of The Wolverine. It's like The Wolverine was fine. It was entertaining, but it wasn't a really great movie. It was just an enjoyable movie. And then he spent the last four years making Logan. Anyway, this movie's coming out. Uh, <laughs> starring Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Daphne Keene. In a, I didn't realize her first ever role. It said introducing Daphne Keene as the X-23. Oh. Isn't she... Is she from Stranger Things? Or I is she it from... can't be because it says introducing. I thought someone was saying she's from... I haven't seen Stranger Things still, but I thought someone had said she was in a Netflix show. Well, I don't think you're allowed to put introducing if they've been yeah, in something before. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Uh, let me just double Unless check. Unless they could have been talking about one of the other kids. There's okay, lots so, of kids. Okay, so she has been in a TV show called The Refugees. Hmm. Um, but that's it. So I think introducing means you can if it's their first movie, I guess. Um, I don't know. Uh, also starring Boyd Holbrook, Stephen Merchant in a very interesting role. Do you know who he is? He was the albino guy. Oh, in yeah. It. And he's um, best friends with, of course, um, with, uh, I was about to say David Brent. That is not correct. Um, oh, fuck. My brain's just completely gone. With Ricky Gervais. Um, oh. And he was one of the inventors of The Office. Um, okay. And he's a, he's a very funny, very lanky man. <laughs> and it really Lankies. weirded me out when I saw his <laughs> name come up at the beginning of the movie. And... I, I, other than his voice, you would never really know that was him. 
Like, who's this guy? Yeah. He's a funny, funny guy. <laughs> Incredibly tall. Um, yeah, Stephen Merchant's in it. And Richard E. Grant, who's a great English actor, and I'm really happy to see him on the screen again. Synopsis is, in the near future... Uh, uh, where? Sorry. I've written this down from IMDb and this does not make sense. So I'm going to adapt it to what I think it's meant to say. In the near future, a weary Logan cares for an ailing Professor X in a hideout on the Mexican border. But Logan's attempts to hide from the world and his legacy are upended when a young mutant arrives being pursued by dark forces. That's about it. Yep. Uh, the film Fist Fight is coming out, directed by Richie Keen, who's done a bunch of episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. People love that show, don't they? Yeah. I've never seen it. I think i've seen most of the first season yeah yeah i was at comic-con one year and there was a big panel for it and they had um danny devito there and people were just going batshit crazy <laughs> i was like what is this show i would just ask him to sing hercules is he in hercules he's he does phil's song doesn't he i don't know nobody nobody Why watched that movie everyone <laughs> that i grew up you, with do you know how often you bring up hercules i fucking love hercules i've noticed so it's distressing much. Um, oh, well, no, so I'm happy good. for the creators. Someone's got to love Hercules. <laughs> uh, this film stars Ice Cube, Charlie Day, Tracy Morgan, Gillian Bell. When one school teacher gets the other fired, he is challenged to an after-school fight. There's a pitch for you. <laughs> have you seen the trailer for this film? It's all goofy. I don't think I have. Typical. It looks like a Vince Vaughn movie, only they couldn't afford Vince Vaughn. Um, so they got Ice Cube and Charlie Day instead. <laughs> Uh, Certain Women is coming out. This is a movie I'm looking forward to. Directed by Kelly Reichhard. I never know how to say her name. Uh, who's previously directed Old Joy, Wendy and Lucy, Meek's Cut-Off, and Night Moves. Uh, all of those are great films. Night Moves was the last movie. It's really cool. Um, suggest people check it out. And it stars Michelle Williams, Kristen Stewart, Laura Dern, and Jared Harris. That's about the lives of three women intersect in small-town America where each is imperfectly blazing a trail. Isn't that a great synopsis? up on imdb i saw that trailer yeah mm-hmm. Do you like i it? think i saw it in hidden figures i must have yeah it does look good she's I'm a really usually cool turned off by kristen stewart yeah me too but in many ways yeah. <laughs> physically and emotionally <laughs> but we shall see i just i just love that three lives of three sorry the lives of three women intersect in small town america where each is imperfectly blazing a trail it's really cool it is cool it's a bold thing to put up on IMDb. Uh, also out is Trespass Against Us, which I've noticed quite a lot of posters for over here in the UK. Directed by Adam Smith, who's done some episodes of Skins and Doctor Who. And it stars Michael Fassbender, Brendan Gleeson, and Lindsay Marshall. A man looks to find a way to escape the criminal ways of his outlaw family. When you have a short sentence and you use the word way twice in it, you know you've done some <laughs> good writing. <laughs> um, but I've, I've, I've heard it's meant to be good. And it's got Michael Fassbender and he's in everything. So. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson's great he's as well. Everywhere. Video games are out this week. Oh boy, is it a big week. Not only do we have Logan. This is one of the biggest weeks for geeks. They're going crazy on my Twitter account right now. <laughs> um, not only do we have Logan out with video games, we have Horizon Zero Dawn is finally out. February the 28th. So right now you can go and download it. Uh, only on PS4. This is a new game. From Guerrilla Games, who previously did the Killzone series. Beautiful games normally, but this one apparently has character and great story. Um, it's getting stellar reviews. It's meant to be a cross between sort of Tomb Raider and, well, the new Tomb Raiders and Far Cry. 
um, which sounds like most gamers wet dream uh, <laughs> Dying Reborn VR came out uh, which looks awful and Torment Tides of Numenera came out and I hadn't heard of this but it's getting some good reviews um, it's a text based game which is interesting hmm. on March the 3rd there's a game called Ikimu <laughs> Splinters of the Dark Shard you have to say it like that Iki, it's E-E-K-E-E-M-O-O <laughs> Ikimu <laughs> Splinters of the Dark Shard I don't know why they bothered with this colon Splinters of the Dark Shard it should just be called Ikimu <laughs> Um, no idea about that one <sighs> but also out on March the 3rd of course the Nintendo Switch a new console it comes with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 1-2 Switch Bomberman R Just Dance and I think there's a few digital games as well um, and on March the 6th Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands which two years ago I think on this podcast I called it the game I was most looking forward to coming out of E3 mm. and then I got to play it last E3 and it wasn't it wasn't great mm. Um, maybe they've improved it maybe I hope so it was this big sprawling open world thing that looked kind of cool but honestly Breath of the Wild comes out like three days before so everyone's just going to be playing Zelda I don't know why any other game's coming out Horizon is kind of dumb they're launching it at the same week but so you've basically like just got a few days to get through Horizon and then you've got Zelda and then you've got to get through that before Mass Effect comes out at the end of this month and people are still tidying up Resident Evil so it's been a good month Coming to the Blu-rays in the US of A, Moonlight came out last week. You can go and buy that, uh, which just won the Best Picture Oscar, or did it? <laughs> Doctor Strange oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. came out on Blu-ray. Uh, lots of people love this. I've got friends who think it's one of the best Marvel movies. I think it's one of the worst. Allied, the uh, Brad Pitt movie. Uh, that one's actually available also on 4K Ultra HD. If you're one of those idiots like me who's trying to collect movies that are in 4K, and you buy all the shitty ones that you don't actually <laughs> want to watch because there's so little to buy. Oh, I'll watch Allied at some point. Nope. It's just going to sit there. Just going to sit there on your shelf. Uh, the Before Trilogy. Criterion are doing a beautiful packaging of the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight, the Richard Linklater movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a collect. If you don't want to buy them separately, there's a beautiful bundle they've done with all three of them in one Criterion Blu ray. Looks great. They had a cool this. book with all three of them at that bookshop in Paris. Oh, yeah? The screenplays of all three of them in one little book. Very oh, cool. No, that'd be nice. I'll do the screenplays for those. Have you seen those movies? Mm-hmm. They're great. Have you seen all three? Yep. Really? And a lot of people in my director's workshop would pull scenes from either of those. And one of them, it was really cool that they, he took the scene, I can't remember which one it's from, but it's them at a diner and he turned it into a phone conversation. And so neither of the actors were looking at each other and they were each like on a payphone essentially. It was really cool. That is cool. Very nice. Which one? Out of interest. So here's something I think is really important with the before films is which one you like the most. I think I like the first one. The first one, Before Sunrise. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> no, it really, I'm not saying that concept. <laughs> no, like honestly. So here's, uh, Before Sunrise, I have some interesting stories with that f- set of series of films because if people don't know about them. They're basically just two lovers talking um, in each film. And the first one is their meeting and they kind of, and they're all set over 24 hours because all of Richard Linklater's films used to be set over 24 hours. He's broken that ball now a few times, sadly. 12 years? Uh, yeah, 12 years, one <laughs> of them. I can handle that. It was more that um, everybody wants some, it's like it could have been set over 24 hours, but yeah. he broke that rule. It's like, why when it could have been? And it still would have fit, but days and confusion. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So before sunrise is their meeting, then eight years they kind of followed on properly, and it's the same actors and stuff. And then it's where they're at then in their relationship. And then eight years later, you 
come again and hopefully they're going to do a fourth one uh, although i love what would Halloween. that one be called i don't know Sunrise i didn't know what i didn't midnight. know how it was going to do before midnight like that was like so the next one will be before noon <laughs> but it probably will be yeah um but yeah so like when i saw before sunrise let me just double check my dates here we don't have much to talk about on this podcast this week so <laughs> this is what we're gonna Let's do get into visual link later it's i loved before sunrise so much and it came out in 1995 so i was 15 when it came out and it was the perfect time for that movie to come out i was a romantic 15 year old i just wanted a girl to fall <laughs> in love with me i like was just go get on a train I was kind of sappy like he was, and I was a bit cynical like he was as well. Um, so I completely fell in love with that movie. And then Before Sunset came out in 2004. Now, in 2004, I was 24, and I was in a serious relationship. I'd just been in another serious relationship prior to it, and I was just going into a new one. And there's, this, there's a lot of bitterness in Before Sunset. Like, it's quite twisted in a way. Um, there's a little bit more darkness to it where they're at without any spoilers. Um, and my friend Tom, who was really into Before Sunrise, like I was, he then went to see Before Sunset and he came out and it's like, this film's better. Like, it's so good. I like it even more than Before Sun- Sunrise. Hmm. And I was upset that they even made a sequel because like, you don't need to make a sequel to this movie. Now that there's more, it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, and I went to see it and I came out and I was like, I didn't like that movie at all. Like, I just didn't echo with me, but it's because it wasn't the right point in my life. Yeah. The things they were talking about hadn't really happened to me yet and I wasn't feeling that bitter about things. Um and then when Before Midnight came out, which was in that was only a few years ago, wasn't it? I think it was like twenty thirteen. Yeah, twenty thirteen. I was in a perfect place in my life in twenty thirteen. I was going through a lot of bad stuff relationship wise and things. And we went to see that movie and it echoed like it didn't i would not say echoed stuff because they're going through really particularly bad stuff um but i really loved before midnight and i thought the way they left it showing how you can still love people and have problems and stuff was really mature and i loved the final scene of that movie so i went back and watched before sunset i was gonna say did you <laughs> rewatch it before you watched midnight? i think i watched it after i think after okay. midnight i went back and rewatched the first two and i found before sunrise which had always been one of my favorite films i still loved it but I was rolling my eyes at them more because I just got <laughs> to that point in my life in my 30s where I was like, oh, the 15-year-old me loved this, but like, yeah. now I'm a bit like, okay, come on, guys. Um, and Before Sunset really hit home for me. Like, it yeah. really echoed with me. The ending of it I thought it was wonderful and the more sort of complicated way it was dealing with their relationship, I found way more realistic. So now I love all three and I don't think there's a right answer to any of them. I just think it's definitely important where you're at in your life when yeah. you watch each one. It makes a huge difference. There's so many movies that growing up i loved just because that's what i would go see with my family and now i watch them and i'm like this is a piece of shit why did <laughs> i rewatch this and rewatch this and rewatch this well you just said you watched um the last kiss the other day mm-hmm. which is the zach braff movie yep. although he didn't direct it but um how do you feel with that one do you like that movie i did like it i liked the soundtrack i watched it because i'm always interested when rachel bilson does stuff just because i watched her on the oc and hated her yeah (laughs) and so i'm always curious and i i saw i remember i think in high school i must have watched a little indie film with her and i don't know the actor's name and i can't think of what the movie's called but he's like borderline autistic maybe and he kind of falls in love with her and with her he, with the yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, let me just check it out. Oh, what's it called? 
And he, I want to say he's homeless, but he's a street performer and juggles with fire and. Um, waiting for forever. Yes. Okay, I haven't seen that. Yep. So I remember watching that and thinking it was charming and something different from her role in the OC. And so then I saw that she was in this and I was curious to see what her character was like. And I fucking hated her. Oh, you didn't <laughs> like horrible. her in this? Yeah. But yeah. I really liked the movie, though. Yeah, so this movie, so The Last Kiss was, I, I'm only linking it to before series. I don't think it's anywhere near as good a movie as any of the before films. But um, when I saw it again, I was at the perfect place in my life to see that film and my i showed it to tom i told him to go and see it and he really didn't like it at all <laughs> and i started thinking about how important particularly with relationship movies where you're at and your experiences yeah because for me as you know it's, it's yeah it's about someone who's been in a long-term relationship and they're now having sort of complications in it and blah 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 and conflicts in their life and trying to figure out who they are and things and the last kiss was a film for me where i was like you in order to enjoy this film you have to be in your late 20s and have been in a long-term relationship and have like like at some point doubted yourself with certain things and blah 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 and for me that was like i just yeah just started thinking about movies in that way in terms of which ones you have to have had a particular combination of experiences you know to really appreciate that movie i'm not in my late 20s and i haven't had a long-term relationship yeah i know that's why i'm interested i do doubt myself (laughs) (laughs) the third one (laughs) it's the close to home no but that's why i'm genuinely (laughs) interested that you that you liked it because yeah it's something where i feel it's hard and again like i feel it's i feel it's a male film as well Mm. like i felt unless you're a guy who's gone through the same things he's gone through i don't know how well it is easy it is to relate to things in that movie yeah they also one of the songs in there is hide and seek Oh, yeah. Which they use in the OC and then SNL just completely tore that scene apart because it was ridiculous the way they used it. And then there was a whole SNL skit on it. And then I just couldn't take the song seriously until, and you're going to make fun of me for this, but a girl (laughs) performed it on The Voice. No, it is not Hercules. By the way, it is Danny DeVito who plays Bill. I looked it up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This girl sang it on The Voice. And when she said what she was singing, I just like scoffed because of the snl skit and the scene in the oc that they use it in but then after her performance i actually really really loved the song and then they use it in this movie oh it's a wonderful song yeah image and heaps one of those people where so you know like the last song in garden state zach braff's directing mm-hmm. film that's her but it's under the name frufru not image and heap mm. um yeah image and heaps a band which i find it so weird because i uh, they had like their first we're really in the weeds right now <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Well, this is the None of this set. stuff happened this week. It always happens when there's two people on a podcast. You just go off like into your, into, you know, into a, like a fireside Talk chat. Talk about the voice and Hercules and Zach Braff. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm not saying this as in, hey, I'm old and I've been listening to stuff for a long time. But I was listening to Imogen Heap in 1996. Like I remember them being on a mix CD. There was like a song and then like I, list, I got a few of their tracks um, and really liked her voice. And then my friend Sai used to give me compilations of her stuff. And then she actually got me into Fru Fru, which is when she teamed up, Imogen teamed up with some other guy um, to do more electronic stuff. Okay. And then she got, yeah, really big with that hide and seek song. Um, uh, and it's just, yeah, she's just one of those people where it's always been weird to me that she's as big as she is and how long it took her to be. She was born yeah. in 1977. Like she's... Well, one big show uses a song and then everyone is like, 
oh that's a great song yeah Let's find other things that they sing well i will say that i like i hated the oc because i was a big dawson's creek fan and the oc <laughs> came straight away afterwards and pissed all over the legacy um but the, it, had, it had great soundtracks they were great music yeah like you know all quite fluffy music but really good music yeah what were we talking about <laughs> uh blue blu-ray releases <laughs> Yeah, so you can find a before trilogy. Really suggest you do. Brilliant series of films. Uh, we Are the Flesh came out on Blu-ray. That's a Spanish horror film, which I haven't seen and I hadn't heard of, but the trailer looks great. The front cover looks great. We just bought it because I was all excited. <laughs> um, Disney have decided to open up their vault and let out some of the films. So do you know how Disney operate? They've done no. it on VHS, DVD, and on Blu-ray. They yeah. basically let films out, but they print a limited amount. Hmm. And they don't tell people. Well, sometimes they do, but most of the time they don't tell people they're printing a limited amount. So they do it sort of per generation. So then once they've been bought, they're just gone. And you yeah. won't notice it, but you're, if you go and try and buy like a Beauty and the Beast Blu-ray or something, that might be one actually they did recently. But normally it'd be, oh, you can't find it. And you always think, oh, I can buy a Disney anime movie whenever I want. Um, and I don't know how to do it digital, actually with iTunes, if that just has them all on or not. I don't know if they've changed their format for that. But that used to be their whole point. I was like, you'd go and, oh, I want to buy it. Oh, fuck, I can't buy it. Yeah. And then it would drum up the anticipation for when they relaunch them again and they do a limited amount and you can buy them again. But they've just relaunched Pocahontas, The Princess and the Frog, and Mulan hmm. all on the Blu-rays. Very nice. So catch them while you can. We have all the VHSs I do. home in El Paso in storage. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, it'd be weird because they would be worth, like, you could sell B&B and stuff for 100, 200 bucks at points on VHS when it was out of print. And, but then it would suddenly bring them out again and yeah. it would just depreciate. <laughs> <laughs> like good timing. Um, and finally, five centimeters per second is getting f at last its official Western release. Uh, this is from the director uh, Shinkai, Makoto Shinkai. Tamara, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Waiting for it. <laughs> should have been Haruka, shut the fuck up this time. <laughs> Haruka won't make fun of you. Tamara yeah. will. Well, uh, Makoto Shinkai is a wonderful man. He was my hero when I was in animation college a long time ago because uh, he used to just animate these half-hour animation things by himself, completely by himself in his room um, as a student in Japan. And then he made a whole feature film pretty much by himself as well uh, called The Place Promised in Our Early Years. He had a problem with character work, but his backgrounds were phenomenal and he had a beautiful mood and everyone talked in low whispers and I loved it. And then he made this film, Five Centimeters Per Second, in 2007. Um, and it's just under an hour long and it's separated into three segments and it's about this couple's relationship but it shows them as kids when they're sort of hanging out and in love as kids and I mean like I'm, I can't remember how young but young um, then it shows them as teenagers when they're not actually t in the same place but they're still sort of thinking about each other in different ways and then mm -hmm. it shows them in their late 20s um, when they're doing other things with their lives kind of thing um, it's quite melodramatic he does like cheesy romance things but it's so beautiful and it's still my favorite film of his most people now know him from your name which just came out and it's still in cinemas uh, which was meant to get an oscar nomination that was the anticipation for it but it didn't um but yeah he's kind of he's kind of been taken over from Hayao miyazaki as you know not for making similar films but for uh, being japan's new leading director of anime um and i highly recommend your name and i highly recommend five centimeters per second and The Garden of Words he did as well, which is a really beautiful little film. Uh, but Five Centimeters Per Second is my favorite, and it's been impossible to get hold of. You had to import them from Japan for ridiculous amounts of money uh, to get a version with English subtitles. So it's great. It's finally getting released properly. So we like to go through and pick 
what we'd recommend from each section. For me, it's really easy this week. So, Ali, I'm interested for you. Out of the films, Logan, Fist Fight, Certain Women and Trespassed Against Us, which one would you recommend? Bear in mind, you have only seen one I know, of them, I was going to say, well, <laughs> I've seen Logan. Uh, I tell you what, before you'd seen Logan, which of yeah. these would you have been more excited to go see? I was excited for Logan and the, what's it called? Certain Women. Certain Women. I keep wanting to say 20th Century Women. Yeah. We just saw that. Great movie. Yeah, one of those two. Okay. Uh, for me, it's definitely Logan. For video games, what are you excited about, Ali? <laughs> Can I say Resident Evil? <laughs> no, it's not on the list. I'm excited e- for Zelda. Yeah? Because you've been showing me pictures. It's a pretty game. Yeah, for me, it's definitely Zelda. I know there's a lot of people. Katie's more excited about Horizon. She just got her download on yeah. her game through. So she's going to be playing that tonight. Um, and then with the Blu-rays, for me, it's definitely five centimeters per second. Just because I'm so happy it's finally out. What are you? Uh, Moonlight, though, it's well under before. Like, it's a great week for Blu-rays. Yeah. Which one would you pick? Moonlight, before series. Great stuff. Before series is great. Great stuff. Tejas directors. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> that is the releases it's going really well <laughs> <laughs> um, I just realized I, I, I sorted out all of our bits on the other computer so I'm just oh, getting good. it together so we're going to talk about very quickly the what are the top 20 films um, and I'm doing the worldwide uh, grosses now we normally do I think just America I we are fucking not in America right now. Top 20 films worldwide. Because that's kind of interesting. Let's yeah. just look at why do we have to look at things just from an American perspective? Well, we worldwide. watched Trans recently and it didn't do well in America, but it did well everybody else. Shouldn't, so. have, shouldn't have done well anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Number 20 is Fist Fight. You're obviously already out in some places. Uh, number 19 is Monster Trucks. Number 18 is One Piece Film Gold. Oh my God. Am I excited for this new One Piece film? You ever heard of One Piece? No. So in Japan, like, have you heard of Naruto? No. Oh God, you really don't know anime, do you? <laughs> it's like every. You've heard of Dragon Ball? I've heard of Dragon Ball. Okay, so Dragon Ball, this is just because it's been around since the 80s. Yeah, Z is one of the series of Dragon Ball. But because it's been around since the 80s, that's kind of got its claws into its society, I think. Mm. Uh, one Piece and Naruto are as big as Dragon Ball, for sure. I think One Piece is actually bigger than Japan. Um, and it's about this crazy pirate king guy he's just great he wears like a straw hat and he's really really stretchy he's like as he can elongate his arms and legs and stuff he's made of rubber pretty much and he just wants to become the greatest pirate in the world and it's really beautiful and they just sail from crazy island to crazy island and do crazy adventures (laughs) love it and this new one called gold is meant to be brilliant uh number number 17 is rings oh boy number 16 a dog's purpose again number 15 underworld colon blood wars I really wish Monster Trucks had done better than all of these. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm loving... I love it when my stupid game of saying when there's a colon in a movie name because there's so many colons works out perfectly. <laughs> Underworld, colon, Blood Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Uh, 14, Some Like It Hot. King Shang. So is that... It's a Chinese version of Some Like It Hot. Is that for real? Did they remake some <laughs> like it hot? Did that happen and no one told me? Oh, look at that poster. Oh boy. Oh my god. Is it wonderful? Hang on, let me get this up. Big for you. You were hoping to go to sleep early tonight, I know. It's <laughs> yeah. just not happening. I'm past that. Oh Jesus. Oh, I can't get it. Good quality. 
that's really all you need to see is a lot of men wow. in shorts and lights and flashy light lights like vegas oh that looks just that just looks like hot trash it's like a party um <laughs> that's at number 14 and number 13 <laughs> is railroad tigers number 12 is buddies in india number 11 is john wick chap colon chapter two number 10 is duckweed <laughs> <laughs> which remind that's what that used to be an insult when i was growing up with dickweed um uh, this well this has a better front cover there's people sitting on a chair with a giraffe head and a zebra mm. number nine is split number eight is the lego batman movie number seven is resident evil colon the final chapter number six is journey to the west colon the demons strike back number five is kung fu yoga number four is the great wall which looks fucking atrocious number three is your name full stop the anime film number two 50 shades darker <laughs> and the number one in the world right now is Triple X, colon, The Return of Alexander Cage, where Vin Diesel skis through forests. Is that the one where he's... Is that him where he's on a motorcycle yep, on a wave? on a wave. Yep, okay. Yep. He really is Number one film man. in the world right now. <laughs> I have seen two of the movies you named. Which, which two have you seen? Both with you, Lego Batman and Split. Oh, and Rings. Oh, and rings. Oh, yep. I blocked that from my memory. Number 21 is Three T2 Train Spawn. Uh, wow, 50 Shades Darker and Triple X. Well done, world. <laughs> it's a real victory, right? <laughs> so we like to play the game of films that are coming out where we think they're going to place in uh, in that. Where we think they should melange. place or where we think they're going to place where based we think they're on place. what we just saw. I'm normally pretty, well, I'm not that great, but we normally have a chance at guessing it because I understand the American market okay. Worldwide market looks terrifying. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Um, Is the American one very different? Yeah, I'm having trouble right now. Box Office Mojo. It used to be easy to do, and mm -hmm. I think they've changed the formatting of it a little bit. You know what? We can't guess because there could be cool stuff coming out in China or whatever that's going to hit this list in India that we don't have in our release schedule because we've just got America. Yeah. Uh, but Logan's definitely going to be up there, and yeah. I and I think Fist Fight will be somewhere as well because of Ice Cube and people like their dumb comedies. <laughs> There you go. That's the box office. That rounds out the majority of this podcast. <laughs> um, we're now going to get into a little bit of Logan. Now, if that's going to make people run, even when I promise there's not going to be any spoilers, then please head over to iTunes. Please type in We Are Geeks, despite this podcast. It can be a good <laughs> show, I promise. Uh, type in We Are Geeks. We will pop up immediately. Subscribe to us. Uh, please really do. Um, and you can leave us a little comment. Leave us a star rating. Um, you're going to get our horror franchises. We're just starting the Nightmare on Elm Street one right now. Um, and we're going to get, uh, well, you're going to get, I mean, the end of our Danny Bull and then into Twin Peaks, as I was saying earlier. And you can link through to Hollywood and Wine and our special cast. We're going to be covering E3 this year, all that fun stuff. Um, so please do subscribe and go to wearetessellate.com with two S's and two L's. Uh, there you can branch out to all of our social medias, follow us and shout at us and give us abuse. Um, and you can also watch our short films, listen to our music. So we're a production company run out of LA, London, and Tokyo. Um, we're just finishing our first film, Starfish. So you can learn more about that process with us. On YouTube. Logan. <laughs> All right. Now, no spoilers, Ali. Nope. We literally just got out of this movie. I didn't realize until we sat down and Ruka turned to me and said, I think this film's three hours long. 
<laughs> and I looked it up on IMDb. It's not. It's like two hours twenty-five or something like that. Yeah. Bruno asked how long it was right when we were about to walk in. Yeah, and, and I like, suddenly I don't thought, actually, no. <laughs> probably an hour and a half, Bruno. I won't worry about it. I assumed at least two hours. Yeah, it's a big old movie. Um, so Hugh Jackman's final time playing Wolverine. Uh, now we know Patrick Stewart's final time playing Xavier. Uh, a returning director, James Mangold, which for me was a bit of a worry. Um, but finally them getting to, and this is not a spoiler, uh, very well advertised, them getting to do Wolverine how they always wanted to do Wolverine, which is Rora, bloodier, meaner, um, and famously doing a thing in the comics where he goes on a berserker rage and he basically goes crazy and starts stabbing people everywhere, which they kept saying with every X-Men film, oh, in this one he does a berserker rage. And like, well, <laughs> we couldn't really show it properly because it's made for kids and blah, blah, blah. So you've seen, you were saying Days of Future Past. Yes. You've seen Deadpool. Correct. And they're the only two X-Men mm-hmm. movies. This is the 10th X-Men movie. I've seen all of them, obviously, <laughs> because I am not alive. Um, I will say that previously my favorites are definitely X2, uh, which at the time was a defining comic book movie. It kind of, it, it really showed how you could do a comic movie properly. Um I haven't been back to it in a while, so I'm interested if it still stands up as the greatest comic book movie. And I, I'm a huge fan of First Class, which was the first one with uh, Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy and people playing the younger versions of these characters. Mm. Um, the, as for the Wolverine solo movies, I think the first one is like direct-to-DVD fodder. Um, it's very bad. <laughs> it's kind of enjoyable if you can just watch it as a bad, you know, action movie. Uh, the second one, The Wolverine... It's much better. And again, like I'm saying, from the same director as Logan. Um, but it has a lot of problems and the ending is really dull and boring um, with this stupid CGI battle. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's where I am with the X-Men franchise. Did you like Days of Future Past? I remember not necessarily understanding everything. Yeah. There's a lot to jump <laughs> into at that yeah, point. Because that's a complicated movie. I was going with my friend Amy who just loves all x-men movies and so i went with her and she had warned me that i probably wouldn't understand a lot of things that were happening or necessarily know who the characters were and their relationships with each other yeah that one's really because you get i mean that's the one where you get the old versions and the young versions yeah like you really need to understand what's <laughs> going on in the x-men universe for that film to work so I, yeah i i don't think i left with many opinions just because i didn't really know anything stuff happened so Things happened. Time travel. So did you not recognize that uh, when we watched Steve Jobs the other day for the Danny Boyle podcast? Do you recognize Michael Fassbender from that? Mm-mm. No? He's a Magneto. He's the young Magneto. Okay. There okay. You go. Blue <laughs> eyes. Lots of people have them. <laughs> Dreamy man. Um, did, did you like Deadpool? Yeah, I really liked Deadpool. Cool. Deadpool was great. Okay. Um, t- it is technically an X-Men movie, even though it's yeah definitely in its own little bubble. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so Logan, how to talk about this without spoilers? I guess just without spoilers, just to kind of say like, did we like it or not? Like, I appreciate some people are so precious about this movie they're not watching the trailers, so I don't yeah. even want to give away much about who the baddies are. I don't want to give away too much about you know our feelings with the little girl and what happens with her and what her story turns out to be. Um, just the general impressions then of like. I mean, you can talk generally just as a general film goer, I guess. It's entertaining yeah. and I can talk more as a, how does it feel as a, as a send-off to Hugh Jackman yeah. playing Wolverine? Um, so, yeah, did you like it? 
I really, really liked it. I was crying at the end, as you <laughs> kindly pointed out. Yep. Um, I agree with Haruka saying that she liked it because it felt more like a drama piece than an X-Men superhero movie, mm-hmm. which it definitely plays that way. And I think it was handled really well. I think it was a good balance of drama, people, relationships, and Wolverine and, you know. Yeah. Superhero-y, supernatural things. Would it... Um I'm interested, would it make you more interested in seeing any other X-Men movies? Or is it kind of like, it feels to you like that's enough to have one like that? Or I think if like I did, I would want like... to start at the very beginning oh, man. and go through. I know. But <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't like, even in TV shows, I, people are like, oh, you can skip this season. And I hate that. I don't want to do that. I want to start from the beginning and understand okay. everyone's relationships with each other and see how they change and even just have writing changes. I want to see that progression. I don't like skipping around. Well, you're lucky because when you came to England and I was toying with the idea of doing a Danny Boyle retrospective to lead us up to Trainspotting 2, I knew Logan was coming, so I was also toying with doing the <laughs> retrospective leading up to Logan, but I thought I didn't want to be mean to you. No. <laughs> because if you watch one, you're like, I don't like this. Like, well, tough. You're stuck with these yeah, guys well, for another nine films. Strap in. <laughs> um, but we'll do that next time then when you come over. Okay. Now uh, you know that's how I'd rather do it. <laughs> I'm trying to honestly think what else we can say with zero spoilers because I do want to make sure people don't get pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I was trying not to get hyped about this film and then the reviews started to come in that were giving it 9.8 and people were going crazy for it and calling it the Dark Knight of Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, so I did get hyped about a day before we went <laughs> to see it and I really love this movie. Like I will say, I really love it. I think it's a very special movie. I have quite a few problems with it which i'll talk about properly in the spoiler section um a lot of the mobiles they come from regular places where my problems with marvel movies come from um i do think they're much better at writing heroes than villains whereas dc are much better at writing villains and heroes um i do not think it's as important a film as the dark knight i think the dark knight will probably last i think i need to digest it a bit more but i think the dark knight is it's much more well-rounded in all areas with how it deals with things. Yeah. Um, I would never put James Mangold in the same bracket as Christopher Nolan for directors. But that said, I, you really feel James Mangold trying so hard in this film all the way, like with his camera angles, with his editing, with how he's handling character and the action, mm-hmm. um, which is really frenetically shot and in a, in a very cool way. Um, they try a little bit hard, I think, to earn their R rating that they were desperately trying to get. <laughs> um, not really with the blood. I think the blood is completely justified. But with the yeah. fucks, there's a lot of swearing in the film yep. just for the sake of it. Uh, which at the beginning, I was worried was going to get in the way. But then they pull it back a bit later in the film. Um, but it's a really, it's a beautiful story. I think the locations are really cool. Um, and Hugh Jackman, without a doubt, I think gives his best performance um, as as Wolverine. Um, and he looks so fucking cool. The beard on him looks yeah, really, really cool. Spoilers, he has a beard. Um, Salt and pepper colored. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, yeah, yeah like I say, we'll get into the, the spoiler section in a second and I can explain my problems with it. But I highly recommend the movie. Um, if you're listening this far in, you're probably going to go anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's... In terms of the X-Men movies, like I said, I need to think about it a little more. I need to go back to X-Men 2. But it could very easily be my favorite X-Men movie. If not, definitely in my top two. 
um, despite the problems that I have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Go home, pack your bags, turn off the podcast. Or press pause on the podcast because I think you can come back to a podcast later. Yeah. Press pause, go away, wait a few days, go see Logan, then come back, have a little listen. Because now we're going into heavy, heavy spoilers. We're going to talk about anything we want to, uh, but we won't go on that long. Ali, taking yes. the claws off. Claws yep. off? Bringing the claws out? Mm-hmm. As you said, the gloves off, claws out. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the end. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's your spoiler. He takes off his gloves. All right. So Xavier dies. <laughs> Wolverine dies. Um, they have a weird caveat with this film, which they don't really get into in the movie. They just hinted it, but in interviews around it, Fox have said about and Hugh Jackman said about that the film doesn't really take place in the X-Men universe mm-hmm. so it's not really a successor to the other films they hint at this with the fact that there are X-Men comics in uh, the movie they don't say if there's X-Men movies in the movie but I think you're meant to take it as the movies we're watching before are part of these comics and he says like 25% of this stuff happened and even half of that wasn't true yeah um, or not the way that it's told so this is at, he makes a big point as well of like in the real world people died and blah 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 so what we're seeing is apparently the real version of what we haven't been seeing before um but disregarding that this is definitely a swan song to wolverine as we know i'm definitely a swan song to Hugh Jackman. i can't imagine they're going to get a new character to come in and play wolverine yeah. i don't know how they deal with x23 who turns out to be his daughter um which I was glad they got into DNA for his daughter because I was like, did he go to a sperm bank at some point? Like, what is going on here? You know what? <laughs> Pay me. Here's my sperm. It's in the 60s. and he... It's one of my favorite <laughs> things with Wolverine. Actually, the best thing about X-Men Wolverine uh, Origins, like his first solo film, is it opens with him through the ages from like the American Civil War because he's been alive for a long time because he ages very slowly because mm-hmm. of his healing power. And you get to see him, yeah, for all these different periods in history like out in different wars and stuff and i fucking love that like i love the idea of just a lone sad person who's outliving everybody Going through everything, yeah. this sort of highlander character um yeah man it's it's a he's fucking fantastic in this movie yeah he is patrick stewart's fantastic in this movie everyone's fantastic in this movie all the kids were incredible yeah even in the end when they all come together again i was like watching them to be like there's gotta be like one bad kid actor yeah great they were all great i mean some of the stuff they do in the fighting i think is directed a little bit weird but they the kids themselves are great yeah um uh, so my big problem with it is the bad guys um which from the trailers i was worried about and just from the marvel's history of movies they they tend to have this thing of either liking military bad guys which is so boring to me or having baddies that are the same as the hero and it's happened again and again and again and again in marvel studio movies with like iron man 2 iron man 1 the incredible hulk um avengers movies even like avengers 2 where it's just the baddie is the goodie and it's just like meant to be a mirror to the you know like which i get the metaphor and i get what they're trying to do but it's just boring it's like i want to see a villain that's interesting i want to see yeah. a villain that i empathize with and i understand why they're doing what they're doing and this is another film where sadly i don't know about you but i couldn't i don't care about the baddies yeah in any way they all look roughly the same they've all got robotic arms the lead well sort of lead henchman i called him uh pretty guy in in my head 
and then when it got to the end titles his name is pretty guy is or pretty really? boy yeah pretty boy or something That's like that hilarious. it's ridiculous um and he's just i mean he's all right as an actor yeah but the character's just i don't get any tragedy from him i don't get any idea why he's being who he's being and then richard e grant who plays the head scientist like he's a great actor but you don't you get that one scene where he's talking to Hugh Jackman at the end and you feel like oh they could be doing something interesting with this character because he seems sort of nice almost and you know he's got some complexity to him but I don't get into it in any way the baddies don't die they keep blowing them up and like and how the fuck does that pretty boy survive the whole movie like there's just <laughs> no way you got like X23 is going insane like yeah. on people and he just survives again and again and again it just it pisses me off how they do this with baddies and it and it sullies really great films and i really do feel this is a great film um and not just for comic books it's like people like love the daredevil netflix series i love the daredevil netflix series but you compare it to something like the wire no it's not great writing (laughs) but for you know what it's doing it's doing it in an enjoyable and and interesting and gritty way yeah this i actually think there are points in this film where it's actually a great film and I mean that as in not just a great comic book film, you know, like it's actually a great film. Yeah. There's like scenes that really are well written and interesting. There are other ones which are just effective and a bit cheesy, like the whole bit with the family they go and visit. It's really nice and I like yeah. it. It's very contrived and cheesy and you know where it's going. Um, but the baddies are just. <sighs> I think the only time they kind of try to tackle that necessarily is when the lead scientist is talking to Merchant, to the. As Patrick Stewart calls him, the fucking albino guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he says something about, like, I think your guys are crazy, or I think your guys are, I don't remember exact his exact phrasing. And he just goes, oh, yeah, I think that too. And he's, like, trying to relate to the good side. And that's the only time I felt that they were really, like, no, feel sorry for the bad guy. Yes, he's doing the bad thing, but then you can also side with him sometimes. But yeah. That was really the only time... I felt like there was any, any moment that I could potentially connect to them. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. Um, and it was very short. It didn't last. Yeah, it's all. not enough. <laughs> it's not enough in any way. I, uh, it just frustrates me because there's so much good about this movie. Like the action is really visceral and really cool. Very mm-hmm. bloody. But without being too over the top for the pointless. Like it's it's also got just like the speed of it's really cool. Her yeah. movements are amazing when she's like flipping over it's people. It's I. I mean, I'm assuming she had a stunt double or is she just some I, crazy... Sure, there's some stunt double stuff, but she's so young. And also, like, she just she turns into CGI at points and they do it very well. So yeah. she'll, like, jump and then she CGI, she's flipping over them yeah, and then back her, to real like, again. Yeah, karate moves and... Yeah, but they do it very well. Like, you can yeah. tell it's CGI, but it's not in your face. It's fluid and quick enough yeah. that they get away with it every time, pretty much. And the impact... It did get me every time, almost. Like, there's, in every action scene, there's at least one moment where you're kind of like, oh, fuck, yeah. that looks painful. <laughs> she, like, commits. She's so fucking good. Yeah. She's really amazing. I've never seen a comic book film be this, uh, well, an official comic book movie be this, yeah, just violent and crazy with it. Yeah. Um, Hugh, Hugh Jackman's just pours everything from his soul into this film, and the ending of it, is really genuinely quite painful to watch and yeah you saying you're crying at the end i think is yep. very very valid this is, the end shot is beautiful i love how she just turns the crossover on its side to make an x yeah um and i love they don't show any more i was waiting for them to show the scenes of them getting to the border and being rescued and stuff and they don't 
you don't know what happens to these kids and you're basically just left with this new group of x-men wandering off into a forest kind of thing yeah um which excites me a lot because i want to see the next film after this and i i'm sure this film's going to do fucking gangbusters i mean it's even so well this movie so it leaves them in a weird place of well, what do they do since yeah, they've distanced it from the x-men universe how do they go back um or maybe they won't maybe they'll just find a way to actually go oh, okay since you all loved it so much we will fold this into official law and uh, but as we just read in our news they're continuing the normal x-men line as well with supernova or whatever so confusing universe they're painting now mm. um yeah i wasn't i'll be honest Stephen merchant i wasn't a big fan of in this like his character just was fine but i didn't feel he needed to be there yeah. i kind of like you'll notice in the trailers they don't show him um yeah. and it looks like it's just logan and professor x on their own until the little kid shows up and that's i kind of would have preferred that um but they need him there to, to be someone who someone then, was taking care of yeah and also i think just have someone for the baddies to then use yeah. later on um the other thing that took me by surprise is all the all of the um trailers for this made it look more post-apocalyptic to me it made it look like there weren't many people left on earth mm. kind of thing and this was like way in the future more mad max sort of style yeah um and i've read some of the old man logan comics and some of them are more like that more post-apocalyptic so i was really surprised when we started off in cities and there's future technology going on and it's yeah. there's lots of people around and stuff um because i did expect it to be so it took me a while to adjust to it's like oh no it is actually more close to present day than i thought it was going to be yeah um because yeah i was kind of looking forward to just like empty landscapes and no one around and stuff um and they do a road trip from el paso yeah that's where you're from it is did you did it show your hometown in a it good light well <laughs> oh no it i thought you were gonna say did it show your hometown it i mean maybe some of the desert they drove through was in or around el paso I was so excited when I saw the sign. Do people still hubcaps every morning? Is that what, how it is living in El Paso? It is exactly like Wolverine. We have <laughs> we have Wolverines in El Paso. You do have Wolverines, actual Wolverines. Yes. I've never I've never seen one. Come on over. Are they just kind of like a cross between a fox and a wolf? That's my understanding. I haven't seen one either. Oh. <laughs> Come on over. It's a big city. I don't live in the middle of the desert. Um, around El Paso, sure. Or maybe in the mountains. You get, we, my grandma used to get a lot of mountain lions and stuff in her backyard. She still does. Jesus Christ. No, thank you. You have to, most people, like, if you have dogs, you shut your doggy door and they can't go out alone at night. Shut your doggy door. Yeah, they have the little doors, their own door in the bottom of the door so they can go in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On their own. Well, you get a mountain lion in your house, you could do, theoretically. Well, you shut it at night. No, I know, but if you But yeah, you you could. could. Fuck. Yeah. That's terrifying. Texas. Texas. Don't go there. <laughs> well, that's El Paso's desert. Not much. It's the west side. Okay. Once you go farther in. So, yeah. So, they definitely go, hang on. I want to play this game quickly because we've driven, <laughs> I've driven around America a lot. You've driven around America a lot. Um, Not as much as you have. But they, they did this whole thing at the beginning and then they're halfway through, like, we're a long way through the film when they say, but they've got two days left drive to get to North Dakota. Yeah. Um, which I was like, hmm. Like, he clearly doesn't like driving if it takes him that long and he can just drive five hours a day or something. But the first place to go to is Oklahoma City. Uh, do you remember that scene? Yep. Uh, which is a strange way to go. Yeah, I was wondering why 
Like that's heading that's way over east. Going, yeah. Yeah. Like and then, because then they'd be making a triangle to get up to. Unless North they were going to take, <laughs> let's get into the roads. Because you wouldn't do that. <laughs> you go up straight through Colorado, through Denver to Wyoming, and then yeah. go over to North Dakota. Um, but, but let's, for the fun of it. They also talk about Arizona. Yep. They do. But it's, it's Oklahoma City. Where are they when they go to the casinos and stuff? Because they weren't in Vegas, but they do mention where they are for a second. And I feel like maybe it was Oklahoma City. They did, I remember seeing a sign that says Oklahoma City, but then yeah. I can't remember if either before or after that someone mentions Arizona for sure. So the trip that it would have done would have taken them 26 hours to get from El Paso to Oklahoma City. Then you go up through Nebraska, up to North Dakota. <laughs> uh, 26 hours. So when they're halfway through the journey and he says it's another two-day ride, it's like, you can do that one day. Come on, you're a fucking superhero, <laughs> He's dude. He's tired. <laughs> He's very sleepy in this movie. He's very sleepy. He's a very sleepy Logan. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. What? Okay. What do I, I'm trying to think. What? I'm still digesting the movie, to be honest, because it is a long film. Yeah. A lot happens in it and kind of not a lot happens in it at the same time. They go on this little road trip. It's actually really funny. I feel like the the, yeah. the best thing about it is the chemistry, which between Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman has 17 years baked into it. Yeah. And she just comes in and fucking fits, folds right into it. Her not talking for the majority of the film is great. Yep. So good. Yep. And to point like I don't care. I don't like it when they fold and stuff. Like, oh, this is your daughter and blah, blah, blah. I didn't care. And it's yeah. like I was quite happy with her being his daughter. I thought it actually lent a really nice slide, slant, um, not a slide, um, to the film. Um, I like that Patrick Stewart died in not a dramatic way. Yeah. He's just like killed suddenly. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I didn't, I, and to f- go along with the baddies again, having X-24 was my biggest problem. I could stomach the other baddies not being that interesting. But the fact that they had to have a big boss baddie, which essentially was exactly was Wolverine again. Yeah, their dog. But Wolverine at his prime. It was just getting into that whole clone thing that they love to do with this. They did it with the wolf. They did it with the first Wolverine movie. They do. I just. It's so boring. It's <laughs> so boring. I don't need to see him fighting himself. And as a director, you must like so much effort goes into having some fight themselves. Yeah. That much. At some point, you've just got. Wouldn't you just raise your hand and go? Is it worth it? Like <laughs> you, you've got to be really sure that's a really cool idea to go through that amount of effort and effects work. And you, you'd think from how they're approaching the rest of this movie so maturely, at some point someone would have gone, maybe he doesn't fight himself. <laughs> like maybe the boss is something else. Like yeah. maybe there's something more interesting we can do. But no, it's it's it feels like I don't know. It feels like there was a dumb script at some point, and then they rewrote it, but were forced to keep certain elements from that dumb script still in there. And all the rewrites like did something really cool with it and the director pushed it into a cool place. Um, but yeah, there's just these weird elements left over that feel like a normal, boring comic book movie. Which upset me. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, sorry, I'm honestly, I'm pretty tired now. It's nearly three in the yeah. morning. We've been going for a long time. Um, really fucking love it i'm definitely gonna see it again and try and digest it properly and yeah good soundtrack yeah cool soundtrack Country music did it make you want to kill yourself or was it the kind you can stomach i didn't notice it that much good i noticed a few songs i noticed so when when she when the boy plays the the music that's in his head 
phones. <laughs> I was like, Wait, uh, what? <laughs> I was waiting for a Garden State moment, and I thought the music would pull up and we'd hear it. Yeah, I was when she sticks it in her ear. Yeah. I was waiting for it to go up too, and it it's it like, went up it? right when he took it out of his ear and yeah. handed it to her. I was like, why wouldn't you get her us into yeah. her head? There were little decisions <laughs> like that. It was like, oh, I've you're so close to being cool. So I was like, oh, well, it got louder, which makes sense. And you take it out that you would hear it more. Yeah. But then I thought it was going to. But we should be with her. Yeah. Because um, there's so many nice little moments with her. And her building of like going from not liking Hugh Jackman to gradually yeah. understanding him more and then accepting him and then helping him. When she takes over him, like the driving is really cute. So cute. And, and she only moves one of his legs and then sits with Sits the on the other leg. Yeah, it's so fucking cute. great. Like, it's really good. It built her so well. And then there's just little missed opportunities like that, which are kind of, why, why not do it? Yeah. Her little feet knives are weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then they try and explain it in that strange light. I know. <laughs> it's like, well, no, you see, she uses this for. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love him trying to speak to her in Spanish. Yeah, you were laughing at the it Spanish bits, and I had no idea so, what he was saying. Because he was just, I mean, it was, and you could understand it, it was just him saying, like, oh, come here with me, just like very simple sentences, but he was, like, the words were backwards. Right. So it would be like, come with me here. And he was just like, mixing things up Gobble, it was really funny it. it was really cute yeah um yeah and when she does finally start speaking and she's just going on in spanish and yeah logan's like you can talk you can talk and then she starts talking she's like shut the fuck up <laughs> shut up immediately <laughs> just shouting at him she starts like screaming at him yeah. in spanish it's great it was great uh, but nothing brought me more joy than the film ending really sad johnny cash starts singing throughout the end credits <laughs> And you look around and everyone, we went to see this at an IMAX theater, um, which was packed. And you turn around and everyone there is a geek, obviously. And they're all like at least 50% of the cinema are just sat there waiting <laughs> ardently for the post credit scene. If you go and see Logan, well, you're not going to be listening to this, but we should have said yeah. this before. <laughs> non -spoiler, but, but yeah, there's no post credit scene. So if you're worried about it, you missed it because you left. Nope, there isn't. Um, and the director did say that he wasn't going to put it there. And I think he's absolutely right. This is not yeah. a film. That needs a oh, but look at this. <laughs> he is still alive, or like yeah. the fucking rocks move a little bit, or something dumb, you know. Yeah. Or they show them getting to the border, and you know, you could totally imagine doing that. There were people beforehand petitioning of like, why isn't Deadpool have a cameo in this movie? People were upset because Deadpool wouldn't have a cameo. It's like, can you imagine <laughs> Deadpool just suddenly turning up at the end of the film? <laughs> Did you see the Deadpool? You just see him like in one of the trees somewhere. Oh, yeah, it feels like a really <laughs> subtle Easter egg. He's just like dressed as a bear creeping by in the background <laughs> of the woods or something. Did you see, um, yeah, the stinger at the end of the Deadpool movie, the post credit scene, where um, he does the Ferris Bueller thing? No. It's really fucking funny. Is the it? Ferris Bueller, you've seen Ferris Bueller, you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you have to check that? That's fine. But yeah, if they just come in with that at the end of Logan suddenly and it's, it's just so Deadpool funny. like talking to camera. <laughs> so. <laughs> He's actually, you know what? Hollywood guy. I wouldn't have minded it only if they did that, where he's like explaining. So this is how it folds into the X Men universe and starts <laughs> explaining like where Deadpool comes and where Logan comes now and like what they can get away with and made fun of it. That would have been okay. Um, yeah, fucking love the movie. We're going to be talking about it more, I'm sure, um, as more people see it. Um, I'm sad I'm not going to be back in LA because I want to hear what all the guys um, thought about it as well. You'll have to listen to the podcast. Um, from what I know, like Haruka said, she really enjoyed it. She's not really in superhero movies, but like you say, she said that it was more dramatic, which she enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and I think Bruno seems to like it. I'm not sure. He seemed to be positive about it. Um, Louise, I have no idea. 
I don't know what she was thinking. He just turned around and looked at me and laughed when we were leaving the theater. And laughed? Yes. Oh, is that because you were crying still? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to cry. I really did. But instead, I just kind of feel happy in those moments. I feel like, yeah, they actually had the guts to go through this and do it properly yeah. and give it a great send off. I cry with, I mean, I cry very easily, but in movies, I especially cry with like father-daughter relationships and mother-daughter relationships. Hmm. I'm sure so it doesn't I mean anything, don't I cried a lot in 20th worry. Century Women. <laughs> You're fine. No. <laughs> I've accepted it. I'm an emotional person. It's fine. You're the opposite of Haruka. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, That's why I was like, I don't want Haruka to see me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, as a huge X-Men fan and someone who was very upset when Hugh Jackman said he was hanging up the claws and someone who just mm-hmm. wants him to pop up in each film somewhere, um, uh, like in actually it was in Days of Future Past so it's the one you saw isn't it no it's in First Class he pops up once I was only. like he is very he's much in, a cameo. in. <laughs> no yeah he's in Days of Future Past a lot in the First Class one it's great he just pops up in one little cameo when they're trying to um, recruit X-Men and it's Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy together going around trying to recruit them and they just there's a montage of them going to places and then they walk into a bar and he's just sitting there smoking a cigar and he doesn't <laughs> even turn to them and he just says get the fuck out <laughs> or fuck off or something and I always want that from him I'm so sad when Hugh Jackman's not going to be in X-Men movies anymore but this is the best send-off he yeah. could have had he made the X-Men movie he wanted to make it's not perfect um, which is frustrating because I think it could have been a movie held up with The Dark Knight but truly great film and definitely one of the best Marvel movies alright we're really out now we've already (laughs) done our thing of where to go so uh, I'm Mr. Al White on all the social media so you can follow me on that play video games with me if you want to who are you? I am Ali Sue on the Instagrams yep I'm gonna go and uh, play some Horizon now (laughs) even though it's three in the morning oh boy oh boy is it still three? I don't know. I'm about to go FaceTime my mom, though, and she's going to yell at me for still being awake. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. That's exactly well, maybe, what you know, she'll you get say to that. me. You don't FaceTime her. That's, you well, just... I told her that we were about to record a podcast, and then I'd call her after. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. I belayed it. She's awake. She's in Phoenix. Okay. Daytime there. I like how we start and finish these podcasts. <laughs> I'm around. Geeks! Geeks!